You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Here we go. I have a bad feeling about this. Follow me, boys! You're not shinies anymore. Go, go, go! Again, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of the Clone Wars Strikes Back. This is the podcast where we go back and celebrate the entire series of Star Wars: The Clone Wars by dissecting, discussing each and every episode and story arc. My name is Dominic, and joining me, as always, is my good friend Kieran. Hello, Dominic. How are you feeling after this fabulous trailer has just been released? <laughs> Sorry to spoil everyone so early, but. It has literally been a couple of hours just been released before we've recorded this, isn't that right? Yeah, it just dropped this morning. Kieran was actually the one that pointed it out to everybody. It just kind of showed up on IGN. All of a sudden, we have this fantastic, proper trailer. Not like a little clip, not a little TV spot that we got from Germany. This is a proper two-and-a-half-minute trailer uh, in English with complete sound effects, high definition, everything you were looking for. And yes, I am so excited about that. We could probably do a whole episode on just the trailer, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, this week, we will be discussing uh, Blue Shadow Virus and Mystery of a Thousand Moons as soon as we finish talking about that trailer. So, Kieran, uh, how excited are you about that trailer? <laughs> oh, my gosh, I was so excited. I'll tell you how I found out about it. It wasn't actually me who going on IGN, I'll have to give the claim to a friend, if he's listening, called Ollie Knight, who I had mentioned about this podcast and said I was involved in it, and then seemingly realising how interested I was in it, I get a little text from him saying, just try, go, basically a text of the link, and I just went into it, I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it's a season six trailer, and then I just had to, I watched it, so I'm sorry, I, I could have broke it to you straight there, but I had to watch <laughs> it first, because it was right there in front of me, and oh my goodness me, when I saw, when I, not the saw, sorry, I say, when I heard the music for the first time, the Force theme, I was just like, yes, I have missed these Clone Wars trailers, because oh, yeah. I don't know about yourself, Dominic, but I love a good Clone Wars trailer, and oh, it was absolutely. quite topical, that I was actually to, I don't know why, but yesterday I decided to watch through the past Clone Wars trailers. I think mainly because I realised that the, the Ryloth fight was coming up after this, so I decided to watch that trailer, and, and then it just carried on from there. And, and then we get this one today. It's such, a, it's such a good bombshell, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah. It was fantastic timing, just in time for this. And, yeah, so much going on in that trailer. I mean, I think that the number one thing that stands out, Yoda fighting Darth Sidious? How is this possible? <laughs> when did uh, when did this start happening? Oh my god! <laughs> I can't wait. It looks to be on a on a Moraband, which is apparently the new Sith homeworld, or maybe Yoda's going to Dagobah. So maybe it's in the cave on Dagobah. Mm, that that's particularly what I was thinking. Is is that actually Sidious? I mean, obviously we know it looks like Sidious, but I mean, is that him in real life, or is that just a manifestation of? Sidious as similar to say Qui-Gon in the Mortis trilogy you don't really know so it's 
It's going to be interesting, but I'll tell you what, talking about that, or alluding to that Mortis trilogy, I should say, that Yoda arc definitely, definitely resonates very closely with that. So I'm really interested and intrigued. Uh, I'll tell you what, another interesting point I got from that uh, was actually when... I, I mean, we don't know how this is going to work, but in the trailer, you definitely see the um, the shadowing of the foreshadowing clearly of of the Jedi falling when when there's obviously Kit Fisto, Mace Windu, all of them fighting the clones in their ghost ghostly form, <laughs> and I just wonder how that was all going to work because it seems like from the outset that Yoda's going to go into some deep stuff here, really stuff that you would really think. If he knew about that in episode three, surely that would make the story a little bit different. Do you not agree? Well, I, I do and I don't, but I, I think you know Yoda will remember that. But Order 66 comes completely out of the blue. So when it starts happening, we see him you know, clutching his chest and going down. We don't really know what's going through his mind. At first, when we, we saw it you know, back in 2005, it was probably he's thinking, oh my god, what is going on? Why are all the Jedi dying? I can sense this. Maybe it's him, you know, oh no. That vision is coming true. Maybe yes. he's seeing things, and he's just like, "I didn't stop it. I failed." You know, he, he Yoda obviously realizes he's failed, and at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and that's sort of maybe that's his, sort of his first realization that, "Oh, God, we have to do something about this quickly, or else because I am failing the Jedi Order," which is just which is really too bad for Yoda, but. Yeah. And, and another thing linked onto that arc, right at the beginning, when he says he's talking to the Jedi Council, and we see a new, we see a Jedi Council member, a new one on the, in Clone Wars form, whose name really escapes me, but def- uh, I definitely Opo noticed. Rancis. Opo Rancis. That's it, Opo Rancis. So we finally see him. I don't know what he's going to do, but <laughs> at least he's there. <laughs> imagine, at least I imagine he'll sit there and, and, and <laughs> Yoda. That's that's probably what's going on. That is his role. Even yes. that, yeah, that, that's just it, actually. Probably we won't even see him fighting. We'll just be sat there. But that, that's seemingly what the Jedi Council do anyway, so it doesn't yes. matter too much. But the, the bit where he, he says to the Council that there's a voice from the beyond. Now, I don't know if you caught, but it, it then the camera then pans to Obi-Wan's face. Yeah. So I don't know what what is going to be said there because, I, again, another little point there is obviously when Yoda says that in episode three that Qui-Gon's returned, you know, Obi-Wan looks so surprised. I, I, mm, how is this all going to work? How do you think this is going to fit in? I have no idea. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> well, I, I, I always like to be able to sort of retcon these things in my mind a little bit. Maybe, you know, Obi-Wan has obviously met Qui-Gon before. We saw that in the the Mortis trilogy. He'd seen him beyond the grave. So when Yoda tells him in in Revenge of the Sith, it's kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not the only one. And then maybe it's kind of a thing between Yoda and Obi-Wan where they don't really talk about it, but they're both kind of hoping that the other one will have some new information for him. So in Revenge of the Sith, when Yoda goes to Obi-Wan, it maybe is less of surprise and more of a, like a, like relief, like oh thank God this is finally happening, <laughs> yeah. kind of reaction instead of although, what? <laughs> yeah, although it could be that Yoda just says that line speaks from the beyond, and that's when Obi Wan resonates back to the Mortis arc and think, oh someone else is doing that as well. So yeah. maybe that's that's what he's more surprised about is that there's still somebody else speaking to Yoda. So he's obviously not that only one, as we know that <laughs> they don't forget what happens in Mortis. But I mean. That, that, I mean, that's just a Yoda art, but I mean, there's so many other yeah. questions as well. Clone oh, yeah. art, doesn't that look really yeah. good as well? Oh, it looks so good. And there's a, uh, what I think is kind of a big reveal in the trailer. Dooku 
knows about Order 66. He's a huge one. I never thought that. I, I always thought that that was one of those things that Sidious just kept him in the dark about. But now it's kind of like the the number of people that know Sidious's plan are expanding. You know, Maul obviously knows about at least certain aspects of it, which he hinted at in, in the episode Revenge. Now Dooku knows, and and, and Sidious, Sidious of course knows. So there's, you know, all the have to do is get to mm. one of them, and and stuff could go wrong for Sidious. Although I doubt any of those three would tell tell the Jedi anything. But still, the fact that Dooku knows it really, it really continues to beg the question about mm. what's Dooku's role in all of this. I, I have to say, my just even seeing that brief clip, my whole perception of the Kamino, how do you say their name? Kamonians, Kamonians, Kaminoan. That's it, Kamin. The Kaminoans. My whole perception of them suddenly changed, though, because they called him Darth Tyrannus as well. They didn't yeah. call him Count Dooku. So clearly, they must have spoken. Obviously, they spoke to him before, but they must have spoken to Darth Sidious then as well. The fact that they know the Sith aliases. Um, it really, it really made me surprised as well because surely that's not a name you would want to give out so readily. Um, yeah, even if it is to these, you know, they're speaking to the Jedi. They got shark tea there on a regular basis. If you, yeah. you know, it's quite a big thing to then start saying, "Yep, I'm Darth Tyrannus." It's that was really, yeah, that was that was a very interesting moment. And yeah. I remember earlier speaking about how we wanted to see more of Dooku, and it definitely seems like he's going to play a big role in at least two of these arcs. I would say. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And it just you know, it begs the question: How did the Jedi not sense that the Kaminoans are, are talking to Dooku? I, I guess the Shroud of the Dark Side covers it, or, or the Dark Side clouds everything. So, oh man. And then of course we get to to what I thought was going to be a bit of a throwaway comedy arc, which was the Jar Jar and Mace episodes. But no, Mace is facing off with Mother Talzin. That oh, more than anything else comes out of nowhere, except maybe the Jar Jar connection. But that, like, <laughs> I, I, I never thought we would see more of her because as when the series was canceled, at least. You know, I, I thought she would show up season seven, season eight, and that she would have something to do with Maul and, and what was going on with Savage and Ventress. But this seems to be, you know, her, uh, you know, maybe in hiding or something. Maybe she's trying to recreate the Night Sisters on this planet. I, I don't know. It's it's something else. Yeah, I mean, the use of that green, it obviously looks like green electricity, but we know it's magic. I wonder, I can't remember who said it, but someone said earlier that it seemed as though Mother Towson's powers only worked on the planet Daphomir. So I, I, I wonder whether, A, they're still on there and they're trying to rebuild, or B, they're somewhere else and they're trying to harness the power back, because I don't know how exactly her power core works, but we haven't really seen her... No, what do you mean we haven't? Yeah, we, well, no, we did. We did see her when she went to go and see Dooku, but we don't know how whether her power would have worked there. So, I mean, it was really interesting as well to see not just that, but it looked like she had some sort of green lightsaber. Like it wasn't yeah. a typical lightsaber, but it was made out of magic. And I just thought, you know, Talzin and Duke, I'm sorry, Talzin and Mace Windu and and Jar Jar are all in the same arc. <laughs> now I'll tell you what. Uh, if you put a bet on that, you would have got some massive bods, I'm sure. Like, oh, if, yeah. if those three characters all being in one arc, <laughs> I don't think, wow, I think that's that's probably the biggest surprise because I'm with you. When I heard Mace Windham and Jar Jar, I was certain it was going to be a comedic arc, but now after seeing this, I, I, I have serious doubts whether it will be comedic at all, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. It's 
going to be very yeah, it'll have some some serious implications for some of the like running plots through the series you know of maul and ventress and, and savage and, and until his death of course so hopefully you know maybe this arc when it was originally conceived wasn't supposed to deal with that too much but hopefully they were able to maybe slip some easter eggs into it as they were you know uh get it, as they were wrapping up production uh, on it to, oh for sure oh for sure I... the story a little bit yeah i mean another another interesting bit is uh which i put in <laughs> big question marks and exclamation marks is anakin and obi-wan against dooku again <laughs> <laughs> right at the end as, yeah, as if one the fans last time. <laughs> I know. How many times did I have to say it? Because that, that line in episode three, I'm sorry, but it seems so almost out of place now. <laughs> it's like, you know, the last time we met, you know, my powers were doubled the last time we met. Well, for, from what we've seen here, it's probably just met them yesterday. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it's going to fit in, in fairness, so I can't judge it, but I just. It, it made me chuck. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking forward to Anakin and Obi Wan against Dooku again. But oh, yeah. it's just like that line just seems to be under heavy scrutiny. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the fans no doubt are thinking, "How on earth is this happening? How how, how does this make sense to Episode Three? All all the people who want to criticise it have suddenly got something to cling cling on, I guess. But I, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know where that's going to fit in. To be honest, I didn't see. Any other action with Obi Wan and Anakin and Dooku in there? So yeah, it's probably probably the the Clovis arc. I would I would think, mm. uh, unless because I I just can't see it happening in the Order sixty six arc. And the Clovis arc, despite it being around the longest, it's really one the one that we know the least about based yeah. on the trailers and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but there's still so many questions because there's there's a whole bunch of stuff from the the season five trailer from that arc that we we never saw. And a lot of it, you know, there were some lines from Dooku, and there was a lot of separatist action and all that stuff. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's got to uh, be coming <laughs> coming out that way somehow, showing up in that that arc. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how's that all going to fit in? Because it, apparently it was going to be set on Kato Namoidia, which I still yeah. believe it is. But then you see these moons in the trailer. Obviously, Embo's going to fit into this arc as well. I'm just intrigued to see how all the pieces really are going to fit together because obviously we've got Padme, Clovis, and Anakin. That that seems to be the main core element of the yeah. story. But maybe how there'll it... be some some planet hopping. You know, they'll go from you know the three planets in one episode again or something. Yeah, I don't know. could be. I, I, or the the other thing it, that could happen is it could open with Anakin, Obi Wan, and Dooku going at it. You know, you see a lightsaber fight, and you assume it's you know from the end of the movie or the end of the episode. But you know, like. We remember back to the season four trailer. We saw uh, Adi Gallia and and General Grievous going at it, and we thought, "Oh my God, there's going to be an incredible battle between those two. <laughs> oh, and yeah. was, you know, there was like a couple of quick little shots, and then we got on with with nomad droids. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it could open kind of like uh, some of the episodes we talked about not too long ago with like Dooku captured, where it just kind of opens up and they're chasing Dooku, and they're they get into a fight with him. And he escapes, or he beats them and, and escapes, and, and, and something, and then something else leads them off on their on their next adventure. I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily think that'll be the case because it is Dooku fighting Anakin and Obi Wan. Mm. But at the same time, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that that's that's going to be a, a very good arc, I have to say. Well, all of them look very good. I think the last one we haven't really touched upon though is the is the clone arc. I mean, yeah. there's, there's 
I have to say, um, we finally get to see an image of Cypher Dias, and and I, I, don't, I don't know about it, but it just it didn't seem odd to me. It seemed as though how I would represent him in my mind. I was I don't know why I was I was very intrigued by that. I'd never obviously we've heard of him, but never seen him. But I could totally imagine how how he is being portrayed as as to how I kind of resonated as him, resonated him to look like. And I, I'm really looking forward to learning more about that. And there's so much good stuff in here. I mean, I don't know if you caught that there's a number of, or at least there was one clone in particular that obviously we've already seen in the clip shoot a Jedi, but there was another one there shooting Shark T and there was uh, Masa Mida oh, wow. and a Kaminoan in the background of that shot. Sorry, I've pretty much paused on a lot of screenshots of the clips because it's <laughs> so much good stuff in there. But yeah, sorry, that, that, that was one particular clip in there. If, if you if you do what I did, <laughs> unless you have a live. But uh, basically, he, he there was a clone now. It's not a clone we've seen before. He just had a he had a gun and he was shooting at what looked like to be shooting at Shark T. But you know how these traders were; they could be quiet. You know? You know, well, flip, I, I gotta go by, go through this thing frame by frame again as soon as we finish up recording. Oh, so much good stuff in there, man. So and obviously, we got the uh, rabid clone trooper in top uh, the, yes. the, that's going pretty crazy, I have to say. And, uh, and uh, we, we see a lot of droids like attacking the Jedi, trying to get top, trying to get at top. I, I, that was something that surprised yeah. me. Yeah. There's a scene where there are some droids on board some kind of Republic shuttle, and Anakin and, Ob- and Obi-Wan are there fighting him. And you can see Top, like, basically tied up to the wall <laughs> and, and, and just kind of, you know, tied up and gagged. So they're obvious, those droids are obviously trying to get their hands on Top. So. Well, that's probably based on uh, Dooku's orders then, really, isn't it? I yeah. imagine that because they're... I'm, hmm, we, did, we didn't see any... Uh, I know we did see figure of Darth Sidious but we didn't see him talking about any of this and we know he's going to fit into this arc somewhere so I think there's yeah. still a lot of mystery which is good to see there's, oh, yeah. there's still so much it's, it was only a three minute trailer covering four arcs so <laughs> it, there's, there's still a lot lot more to come really and there was some still as you said some really massive shocks already to be really illustrated at this stage the I would argue the same as you, Dominic. The biggest one being uh, Darth Tyrannus knowing about Order sixty six and Kamen uh, Owens also being involved. Well, we, we knew we knew they were involved in the conception, but we didn't know they knew that the, the Sith were involved, and they were they were really working for the Sith. They're doing a double bluff in here, so it's it's really going to be interesting to see how this all how this all fits in as an arc. I, I, I don't know really where. How far are they going to take it? How far are they going to go in this arc? But, but as you said, we've already seen, as you said, Tup being tied down and gagged. So I think they're going to go as far as you can, I have to say, which is which is good, really. It should be for something like Order 66, which is oh, yeah. a huge, huge, really, element in the in the Star Wars films that was really left particularly ambiguous for, for the audience. It suddenly just appeared out of nowhere. And we're finally going to dig deep in into where it all came from and how it's going to unfold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we cannot wait to see how that's going to happen. Of course, uh, Season 6, a.k.a. The Lost Missions, a.k.a. the bonus content, is coming to Netflix in the U.S. and Canada, all 13 episodes, on March 7th. So uh, I know I'll be binge-watching it, and uh, I'm still waiting on how it will be officially released elsewhere. Of course, the 
lucky Germans have already seen the first two arcs. Yeah, and, when's uh, it going to be shown in the UK? Everybody. That's what I want to know. When's it going to be put in the yeah. UK? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. I, I, why can't they just put it on Netflix UK? I, I don't understand. Yeah. If they could get it in, in the US and Canada, I don't know. It's probably a whole bunch of red tape uh, stopping us, oh, <laughs> stopping everybody right. from seeing it. But I don't know. It's it. In all seriousness, though, Netflix is probably the best way to release it. Um, if they could, you know, assuming they can get it to everybody on Netflix, yeah. um, you know, it's it's leaps and bounds better than Apple TV, um, which thank God that rumor is not true. <laughs> and uh, you know, if it can't be on television, it might as well be on Netflix. And you know, it's it's. Yeah, it's eight bucks to get thirteen episodes. And you don't even have to you don't have to continue your subscription. You could probably even get a free trial for ten days and watch all thirteen episodes in that yeah. that span of time. So it's I saw some people complaining about Netflix. I just I don't get it. I really don't get it. Ah, uh, so yeah. So that trailer. Uh if you haven't seen it you can find it pretty much everywhere on the internet, but <laughs> <laughs> IGN had the ex- had the exclusive and We've got links to it on, on StarWarsUnderworld.com, and just go looking for it. It won't be too hard to find. Uh, let's jump into these episodes. Like I said, Blue Shadow Virus and the Mystery of a Thousand Moons. Uh, let's start with Blue Shadow Virus. Kieran, do you have a episode description for us? I do. I have episode descriptions for both of them. Sorry, I was just taking a little swig of water there. Very unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> um, here we go. Blue Shadow Virus. The synopsis for Blue Shadow Virus. The Republic discovers a separatist bioweapon lab hidden on the planet of Naboo. Rather than wait for help, Padme explores the lab with Jar Jar. Anakin, Ahsoka Rex and Obi-Wan arrive and follow after them. They find the senator is being held captive by the sinister Dr. Nuvo Vindi, who threatens to set off a bomb releasing the Blue Shadow Virus. And for Mystery of a Thousand Moons... The Blue Shadow Virus was reactivated on Naboo, infecting Ahsoka, Padme, and many clone troopers. The plague is fatal within 48 hours. Anakin and Obi-Wan must travel to the mysterious planet Yego to secure the only known antidote to the sickness. With the help of Jabo Hood, Anakin and Obi-Wan must collect the antidote and solve the planet's mystery before they can leave. All right. Well, let's get into this. I, I'm glad we had the Clone Wars trailer to, to talk about before we got into it, because the first thing I'm going to bring up is something I'm, I'm not very happy about. <laughs> um, and that is our friend Jar Jar Binks. Uh... Now, I am a Jar Jar fan. I, I love him in Phantom Menace. I love him in, in a lot of Clone Wars episodes like Shadow Warrior, Supply Lines, even Bombad Jedi. But in this episode... This episode it is just his stupidity. It's not clumsiness; mm. it's stupidity in this episode. You know, you know, he's it's a bit, a bit of clumsy, and that's what gets him banished. But, this, but you know, he seemed to have learned from that, and you know, he's able to be in the Senate, and yet he gets back to Naboo. And what is the first thing you do? This moron starts <laughs> chasing this little bug. <laughs> Come on, and he. Instead of, you know, focusing in and being serious like he should and like we've seen him do in episodes like Supply Lines, he chases the bug and knocks over these giant shelves of droid parts and pretty much ruins the Republic's chance to get more information from that tactical droid. So, um, come on, Jar Jar. <laughs> 
I think... Just had to say that first. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you feel glad getting rid of that rant, I have to say, because I think you echo a lot of my thoughts as well, to be honest. I think the only other thing I can add to that is the to compound it all, it was voiced by BJ Hughes once again. Yes. <laughs> of course it was. So that, 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 that maybe that's just more on BJ Hughes's Jar Jar. Maybe when it, when it's BJ Hughes doing it, he just regresses completely. But then when it comes back to Armored Best and it's, it's all okay again, <laughs> that, that's kind of what yeah. I'm reflecting here. But no, I, I completely agree. Bearing in mind that obviously we're doing this chronologically and we know now that supply lines is before all of these events. So why on earth is he seemingly regressing again? I mean, there, there was the, that instance there that you talked about when he's trying to chase that bug was really ridiculous, to be honest. A trained senator, and he's chasing a little bug. I mean, come on, and this, come you know, on. We, we, we've spent a lot of time in this first season, you know, saying people say this is a kid's show, but it's not. We have people getting stabbed in the back with lightsabers, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. That move right there, that whole knocking the things down, chasing the bug. That is a kid's show moment, and that is not what the series was, is, or should be. And when we see Jar Jar in the bonus content, he sure as hell better be smarter than that. Because it continues on in these episodes. He picks up a gun in Mystery of a Thousand Moons, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to get this all of this (laughs) out right away so we don't ever have to come back to it. He picks up the gun and goes, Misa gonna help! Even though he has absolutely no training and probably would get more people killed. He knows he's clumsy. He says it all the time. And when he goes to shoot, Padme says, no, don't. And she tackles him. And then she nearly dies. So his stupidity nearly costs Padme Amidala, future mother of Luke Skywalker, savior of the galaxy, her life come on! I, I don't think I could have said that any better, to be honest, mate. I'm I'm genuinely that was so good. I'm actually crying right now. No, I generally I've got tears down my eyes. Um, but no, genuinely that was the that was the other point I was going to bring up. If I'm being honest, uh, come on, what well, he's not been trained before, and he's he's basically got a gun. How on earth is he going to help Ahsoka, a Jedi Padawan or a Jedi Knight, nearly? Uh, by shooting a, a, a destroyer droid that's got a shield generator around it. I mean, come on. In reality, yeah, you've you got to look at that and think, the situation doesn't look like there's time to be shooting at a shield generator, so to speak. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then on top of that, I'm going to I want to quickly have my run now. There's uh, the, bit, <laughs> the bit at the end when then Obi-Wan... Why did Padme tell us to Obi-Wan? Goes and says... Oh, you know, Padme was very impressed with your light, you know, your, your your gun skills. You know, you should hone your skills. I'm like, no, what are you on about? What skills? <laughs> you shot a destroyer droid that didn't do anything apart from nearly kill Padme. And I was with Rex here when he was like, "I am not training him." Sorry if that was your quote, but he was just like, <laughs> "I am not training him." Why on earth would you want to train Jar Jar Binks based on this arc? I. Maybe if you saw him in supply lines, you might think, yeah, it's worthy. But now you're just like, well, this is this, this is almost worse than episode one Jar Jar. At least he was clumsy, but he, he did a lot of good. I, I, didn't, I didn't see his clumsiness doing anything good. He, yeah, no, his, his clumsiness was never a, a, a harm. 
he never did anything wrong with his clumsiness in episode one. He was just, you know, he was a little bit clumsy. If anything, it kind of helped him survive the droid battle. I mean, he should know from that droid battle in episode one that he's not a soldier. He, yeah. you know, Boss Nass may have made him a general, but he is not a soldier. He doesn't. He clearly doesn't want to be there, and all he does during the battle is try and run and hide. And so why does he think in this moment that this is the moment to try shooting a gun? They wouldn't even give him a gun in the battle. I know. <laughs> I know, but also, uh, why, I, why at that moment as well? It just... It, he, at least if he was like, shooting the battle droids or something, but Soka was doing all the work anyway. Just leave her to it. Don't get involved. Oh dear! At least you know Padme did try and say you know don't no don't do that, Jar Jar. But but then she's the same person who's saying that his skills could be honed using a gun. <laughs> don't give that. Don't put him anywhere near a gun. Is what I would say. God, blimey! I just thought, what on earth is Jar Jar doing in this? Art? I he didn't do anything yeah. worth it. And how is it at the end of the day that he was the one who managed to keep the suit? being compromised yes. <laughs> everybody else was dying around him maybe maybe it is that that's that robot chicken we keep laughing about it but you don't know maybe yeah. maybe he really is you know and then he killed all of them so Lovely. maybe that's what he was aiming for all along it's just, i mean it's ridiculous yeah. really so uh i'm glad she got that out of the way because it's definitely a, a, yes. a bad a bad spot in this episode i have to say in this arc I should say. yeah yeah okay now we've gotten that out of the way. We, right, I'm gonna have a swig of water. There. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Let's let's all let's all calm down. Oh, blimey. Deep breaths. And uh, all right, let's move let's on move to on. the next the next thing. And, and I'm I just want to mention this next thing real quickly. Um, Padme says you know that relations have been tense with the Gungans lately, and I just thought you know because we've seen the entire series now. We kind of see that come to a head mm-hmm. in season four with with Shadow Warrior, and I just thought was that was a great little callback. And there's some some issues around that that we'll get to when we get to the beginning of season four with the, with what went down in in, in the Moncala arc and, and everything. But we will we'll get to that then. But I thought that this was a great little, you know, I don't know if, if they necessarily thought, oh well, you know, in season four we have this great story about <clears throat> about Gungans rising up against the Naboo, um, but they you know. The fact that there is that little connection, whether it's intentional or accidental, is a great little, uh, great little uh, Easter egg for a fan. Oh yeah, watch I, mean, I, I actually got that bit down. I, I put the wrong episode in, but I knew what I was talking about. I, di- I just put some, <laughs> uh, you know, Padme, you know, Padme's dialogue puts context for the for the Gungan uh, art, which is good though because it, it, it does make a bit sense, particularly. When we first saw that, because obviously this is a few seasons ago now, we hadn't seen this episode in a long time. And so when that came about, it was a bit of a shock, really, wasn't it? When you thought, where's all this come from? Where It seemed all a bit rushed, but it's nice. Whether it was intentional or not, as you say, that there's at least a bit of context there that you can look back and really appreciate what what they're talking about here, that there is actually tensions between the Gungans and, and the Naboo. Absolutely, and I like the line that they treat Master Obi Wan as one of their own. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just think that's like. I know how does that oh, work? Poor Obi Wan. I know. Poor Obi Wan's not in there. Yeah. Don't don't put him in Jar Jar's Lee. Come on, he's got more sense yeah. than that. Yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> Obi Wan. You know, he's he's such a nice guy, and and but he winds up being friends with just the weirdest people. Uh, I know um, it's true. Let's let's move on. Let's uh let's talk about the doctor, Doctor Vindy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. So he 
he's uh, he's sort of been on the run or he disappeared ten years ago, kind of like Cypher Diaz. Um, oh, and he action. is. <laughs> Yes, that is the Doctor Vindy is the missing key to Order sixty six. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, um, <laughs> and he is he's recreated the Blue Shadow virus, which was eradicated um, prior to life, prior to uh, to the Clone Wars, I guess. Probably prior to the Phantom Menace. So, uh, what was your impression of, of Doctor Vindy? No, I, I really liked his character. I have to say, um, I thought it's just something about him that that. It is really a malevolent villain. At the same time, I can't help laughing at most of the lines he says. I don't. I don't know if it's yeah. a German accent more than anything else that gives that typical <laughs> villain edge. But it, it was. It was, for example, one of his lines was to say, "You know, allow me to introduce you to the return of the infamous Blue Shadow Virus." And then Padme just says, "The Blue Shadow Virus." A bit like the audience, like, "Yeah, all right." You know, the blue shadow virus, come on. <laughs> what else you got in that? I mean, it was... But I, I, I have to say, I, I really did like his character. I think he was he was a good villain. And uh, and he really was. You know, I, I, I joked about it. But he is really quite a dastardly villain, I have to say. Because he, he keeps throwing those capsules around like there's no tomorrow, don't he? He's just chucking them. He knows what they're going to do. And, and he... he well, I don't know if he wasn't afraid, but he, when Anakin started interrogating him in the in the second episode, he didn't seem at all, you know, really. He wasn't like Gunray, I guess. He wasn't suddenly talking. He he, he was like, "Oh, go on and do it." He, it's just something a little bit di- different about that type of villain. So I thought it, it was really creepy. There was just something about him that altogether those elements of creepiness and. And malevolence really did make him, in my opinion, an enjoyable villain. And, and I definitely wouldn't have minded seeing him. I mean, we remember when we talked about Hondo and we said, oh, it was a bit indifferent. But if we saw Nuvo Vindi, I, well, on a, you know, probably not in a major arc, but it, it wouldn't have been bad. I, I, I quite liked him. What, what did you think, Dominic? Yeah, I enjoyed him. He definitely had that kind of mad scientist mm. craziness, yet, you know disturbing quality to him that you know you, you like you said you laugh but you kind of think should I, I really be laughing at this guy should i shouldn't i more be you know running away and terror <laughs> yeah. um but um unfortunately but i yeah i, I don't know i I'm, I'm not quite at, at the same level as of love for dr vindy as you i <laughs> I, I i kind of keep him in the sort of the way i felt about hondo and, and since we never got a chance to see him again i, I never really got a chance to uh, changed my opinion mm-hmm. on him, but he was a good, he was a good one-off villain. He was a good, you know, one-off villain. And I liked, I kind of thought one of his lines, which was really interesting. He said something about superior life forms spreading mm-hmm. war throughout the galaxy. Perhaps they're the ones that need to be eradicated, <laughs> or however he said things. Um, it's it's a it was a very interesting you know bit of. <laughs> End of dialogue, especially coming off the you know Jedi crash and Defenders of Peace stuff with the the whole pacifist mm-hmm. um, you know character there, and you kind of it's a it's a very kind of thing where the Jedi you know we're fighting for peace, we're fighting for order, but you know really all they're doing is causing chaos, even though they they think they're fighting for noble noble reasons, and, and quite frankly they are, they're causing chaos, and it, it's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of commentary on modern society, I would think, with the you know. With the U.S. and and their wars on terror and and, and all that kind of stuff with these these superior life forms going in and they're going to save Mm. all these people and 
and, and you know what do those people actually think of them and you kind of get that sense from from Bindi and, and his blue shadow virus although he has taken it quite to the extreme with he thinks that the virus deserves life more than you know the, the, mm. the humans and the gungans and the all the other aliens of the galaxy so it's it's, it's a, it was an interesting bit of line from a, a very interesting character yeah i i completely agree with you there dominic it isn't wouldn't go this far but if you recall in oh, i can't remember the episode name but in season four episode 14 i believe the you know the one with lux the soaker and the mandalorians oh, right, right. well there was a the bit at the beginning wasn't yeah. there with the, the separatists and the republic both meeting and, and it, the, the, yeah. it really conveys here that they're not not to that extent because he's very extreme but almost pacifism in, in the way he he perceives the war so to say that there shouldn't be a war how he the methods are completely different he's not being diplomatic about it he's looking to to destroy <laughs> uh, every other every other planet basically destroy every life form on every planet including himself um so i it's it's really interesting how there are these different gray areas really in the war that we've we've now touched upon with the Lerman before and obviously the Tau's in a way you could argue so you, you've got these different elements being introduced which is really really interesting and it's definitely one that caught my eye as well I, I made a note of it and I, I it's just hmm, obviously how much justification for going he's a madman but it was definitely an intriguing point there and and I guess he has got a point in a way, but but then but then I just see hypocrisy more than anything else because if he really was, why would he be on the side of the separatists and uh, having all these droids? Why would he be creating a, a virus yeah. to kill the entire? Exactly, essentially to wipe yeah. out the entire. Well, I, I wonder about this. Is he being orchestrated here by Dooku? Because it seems such a radical idea to to be put across yeah, I, when you when you consider the effects that this virus was supposed to have. Would Really? Is that what Sidious and Dooku were looking for? Well, I I think I don't think he's necessarily trying to, you know, I don't think he. Well, I I think he thinks he's going to unleash it on the entire galaxy. I think he you know, he's going to take it back to Dooku, and, and Dooku and Sidious will use it as sort of you know, you know, during the Clone Wars, sort of you know, we'll drop a blue shadow virus bomb on on this planet, and then they'll need help. And lo and behold, there are the separatists to provide the heroic separatists to provide all the help they need, and they they have all these medical droids that they can bring mm -hmm. in, and they can bring supplies, and yeah, and maybe they know the antidote and they can save it, save them, and then you know possibly during the Empire, if the planet you know gets a little too rebellious before the Death Star is ready, instead of you know invading and and you know a real big military ship. Mm -hmm. Just a, a drop a blue shadow virus bomb on them, and, and they, uh, you know, and, and you know, and then just not provide the medical help that they need, and that just kind of is a warning to the other other planets. Although I don't know how effective that would be compared to just a, a big military show, but it's still a, a possibility for for mm -hmm. that team to to use in the future and during the Clone War. So that's kind of where I think it, it was going. If they. Uh, <laughs> If if Vindy had gotten off Naboo and gotten back to Dooku, which fortunately for <laughs> for the galaxy, yeah. he didn't. I, I wonder how they were going to use that Reeksa route then, because I don't know how what it was. Well, obviously it was supposed to cure them, but how it was just like it just looked like a little bit of plant really, didn't it? Is that do they put it over yeah, their nose or they, something, they and then it makes them breathe better? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But they it, it... <laughs> probably ground it up and put it in some smoothies or something, you know, and just had everybody drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
or, or I, well, I don't know. That's besides the point, I guess. But I, I yeah, that was, that's just a MacGuffin. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it was just interesting to see where obviously we know his motivations, but but whereabouts was he? How far was it really going to go in terms of the separatist plot? But I I, I could definitely see your point there. I'm sure they were just really going to use it on. Republican occupied planets or any rebellious planets, so to speak. So I could, I can definitely see what, why, why the separatists would want yeah. it. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and I could definitely, you know, it also seems like something where, uh, you know, I, I don't think Dooku would have let this guy survive. I think you know he would have brought his his bombs back to and his samples of the blue shadow virus back to Dooku. And then I think Dooku would have cut his head off because he's just way too much of a wild card. Because, you know, he probably had some of his own Blue Shadow Virus, you know, hidden away in his coat that he wasn't going to give over to Dooku. Because, you know, Dooku lets him go and doesn't do exactly what he wants, which is unleash the virus on the entire galaxy. Mm, yeah. Then Vindy probably would have gone and done it, and <laughs> done it himself. He's just that crazy. And he really was. I mean, he wasn't my favorite villain of all time, but he was a, a great villain for this arc, you know, and, a, and an evil one, too. We, I mean beyond just this whole blue shadow virus thing, which is a bit of a, he might be a bit of a vague concept to kids. We also see him, you know, torturing Padme and, and Jar Jar, two, two of our mm. heroes. Um, although in this episode, Jar Jar kind of deserves it, <laughs> actually. Um, not actually. Uh, you know, he, he did, does torture our heroes. And, and so he's a, he was a pretty fantastic yeah. villain. And then his, his getaway, where he just had the little vials of <laughs> Blue Shadow Virus, which he was throwing at I know, them. he was throwing them for fun there, weren't <laughs> so, he? He threw yeah. three of them. <laughs> and no, when uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi tried to get him, it, it was just, well, he caught all of those. I don't know how I would have done that. Very, very acrobatic. Yeah. Seriously, I, between Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Rex, I mean, you got a great outfield for a baseball yeah. team there. I mean, they can make any phenomenal catches. <laughs> Uh, Blue Jays need to sign those guys. <laughs> ah, man. <laughs> it was some good stuff. And then, of course, the, the hero of, of the entire episode, <laughs> the one who actually stops uh, Vindy from getting away, was Peppy Bao, mm-hmm. uh, the pink Gungan played by, by Gwendolyn Yao, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago for the, for the – or just probably a couple of months yeah, ago. Yeah, I was going to For the malevolence arc. It, it seems like it wasn't that long ago. Um, but, yes, yeah, so it was some uh, – some interesting stuff in there. What'd you think of her? I mean, she was just kind of a another Gungan. Yeah, you know, I quite liked her. She was she was a bit different, and she definitely had something more about her than we've seen from the Gungan species as a whole. Well, actually, I'll say that I I'm probably wrong. I, I think it's more Jar Jar's the anomaly because it seemed in Episode One that the Gungans were a fierce warrior race. Well, uh, I'd be yeah. interested. Uh, I seem to say this about every character, but, character, but like, a bit about her backstory because. <laughs> One, why was she there on her own? Maybe she was just a farmer Gungan, I'll take it. But we don't, we don't see any other Gungans there. And, and and it seems just a little bit odd that it was just her on her own. But I, I, I can understand because I looked at the featurette of Dave Filoni saying that they introduced a number of characters and they weren't at that level where they could introduce Gungans en masse, no doubt. But it was just yeah, interesting to see w- w- why she was there and, and, and the purpose. But... Uh, with all those cattle there and stuff so but it, it was uh yeah I, I i did enjoy her character and obviously she saved the day so that's obviously a major boost when you contrast her to jar jar in this arc there's no comparison really is there yeah she, she's the redeeming gungan in this yeah. arc 
And, and thankfully, they didn't go the obvious route of, <laughs> of making her Jar Jar. Oh Jar-Jar my Jar-Jar goodness, mate! Or, or or even sister yeah. or something like that. She was just a just happened to be another female Gungan, which is which is good. Which well, is she was going. there and just smacked um, him straight away. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she did. She did what we all wanted to do after that opening uh, opening yeah. scene. Just get. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow! a good smack in the face of Jar Jar. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's leave Jar Jar really, alone. Really, I, yeah, yeah. Now. I really hate being this mean to Jar Jar because I, I, he gets so much flack, and 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 you know here here we are. We're a show that we've stood up for him in the past, and now we're just we've resorted to smacking Jar Jar jokes. So we'll, yeah, I'm with you. Let's leave him alone for the rest of the episode. Um, let's move on into a little bit of uh, Mystery of a Thousand Moon stuff. Uh, so my question is, how long? So you said in the in the episode in, in the uh, episode description that it takes forty eight hours for the uh, the virus. Yeah, that's what it said here, forty eight hours. So that's not that long. But okay. at the same time, it looked like yeah, they were dying it, faster than that, though, didn't it? <laughs> Particularly the clones. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and it, it well maybe the clones maybe for the clones it gets sped up because they're life things now that probably doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> Interesting concept. Uh, well. The, yeah, it, it, but it raises the question, I mean, this is kind of one of those questions I've always had about The Empire Strikes Back, is how long does it take to get from Naboo to Iago? How long are they on Iago? And how long does it take to get back? That, that seems a lot, a lot of stuff to happen in a 48-hour time period. I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's a six-hour flight there, <laughs> a six-hour flight back, and uh, they got, you know, they got another 36 right. hours in between, uh, so, or, or 42 hours, you know, some. Yeah, 36 hours of I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> it's, I know what you mean. It's so complicated, but I guess we just have to kind of brush that side. And, and because it's, yeah. it does seem that way. I mean, if you, do, if you generally start it from when the first virus was unleashed, Obi-Wan and Anakin were still right above that shelter. They went back to Fee. Then they, you know, got into their ship, got outside the boot, light speed. And then they didn't just go to Yeager and grab it. They just, he had to find it all, spent time there, couldn't get back out, so they had to go back onto the planet in that conference room. Why, why were they having a conference about it all? He just yeah. like, come on, come on, they're dying. Yeah, they got yeah, that hologram, yeah. and they were just like, we'll have a little <laughs> conference and discussion and debate. It's not the time, yeah. but... Yeah, it's one of those things that's always... I've always wondered a little bit about Star Wars. It's just, how long does it take to get places by Lightspeed? I mean... How, how long? How far apart is everything, and how yeah. long does it take? It's, it, it's one of those things I've always kind of wondered about it. And then when they sort of they put the time clock on it, like they did on this yeah. episode, it's like, how long does it take to get from here to there? It's like in Empires. How long does it take to get from the, the back of that star destroyer to Bespin without the hyperdrive? I mean, they're just kind of <laughs> flying, and and, and it's, it's just. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you another thing game? about that. Uh, yeah. Why don't they have any rear view mirrors? Because they might well have seen a slave one right behind. <laughs> might have seen a Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. And then how does Boba Fett know where they're going? I mean, I guess I, I guess he can't. Yeah, Boba Fett got there actually but... before them. So. Yeah, I, I guess he kind of figured out. <laughs> maybe maybe, go maybe he was behind direction. them and just thought, "Oh, this ship's too slow. I'm just going to overtake." <laughs> See you later. I'm going to go ahead and, and <laughs> yeah. guess. So it's going to go through a random guess. No, no, no I'm, I'm sure Boba yeah. must know about, about Han and Lando and, and kind of guessed based on that. I mean, an educated guess, as they like to say in science <laughs> class, um, about how to get from uh, point A to point B. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this uh, this arc, 
it raises some questions about the Anakin Padme relationship, and I've always, I'm always curious about who kind of knows, who doesn't, who suspects things. Uh, we kind of get a sense of, of where Ahsoka might begin to suspect suspect things mm. um, in this arc. But what about Obi Wan? Obi Wan seems to really does he know? Does because he, he he really senses that Anakin is is very concerned about Padme. So does he know? Does he not know? Is he just kind of does he just think they're really good friends that they're you know they're buddies? Does he maybe think that Anakin has a has a crush on Padme, but he doesn't know how far it goes? I, I mean, what do you think? Does Obi Wan know or, or not? He knows. He knows. I, I I'm yeah. sure he knows. I mean, he can tell how Anakin is reacting to the situation, and he makes the comment, doesn't he? I'm hoping I'm not stealing a quote here, but let it, well, I'll risk it. Right, I don't think he would have got this one anyway. Basically, he goes and says. Padme might be lost. Don't risk the mission trying to save her. And then he goes and says, I know what's at stake here. But he, he, he said her name. Right? He, he knows how much Padme means to Anakin that he has to actually say, don't risk the mission trying to save her. You have to do your job. As though it's was, it was what he did in episode two. To be honest, I have a feeling that he knew something in episode two. Not obviously they didn't get married by that point, but... <laughs> And also, it's just the look sometimes that he's given when he remember that scene in the in the uh, conference, not the conference room on on Naboo. You know they have that hologram where uh, Captain Typho is, and that's where um, Obi Wan and Anakin go to the center or whatever to talk about this Reeksa route that comes up. Anyway, Anakin Anakin's talking yeah. to Obi Wan, and he goes, "There's no time for that. There's no time for caution." And you know, Soka's out there, so Padme, and then and then Obi Wan gives him that look. Uh, it's always the look but he obviously wasn't happy about it and then he tries to retract and say I mean Senator Amidala but I I really do think that he knows in this in this episode and it was uh, he's, he's really trying to be that that older brother in a way or father figure that he's, he's trying to calm him down and just level up with him but obviously we haven't got to the point where we know about Satine but I I, I really do think he knows, and uh, I, 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 I'm yeah. sure you echo some of my comments anyway. Oh, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I think he knows. I think, but I think he's kind of uh, living vicariously through through Anakin. That he, you know, he says to Satine in uh, the episode where she dies. Spoiler uh. alert: <laughs> um, that he would have left the order mm. for her. Um, so, you know, he was clearly that far along in his feelings or he obviously has that that kind of feelings for her. so then when uh, you know when, when he sees what's going on with anakin you know he may try and you know steer anakin away from that because he knows it's it's not right and he knows the risks but maybe he's just kind of thinking that you know well maybe I'll, uh, let's see what happens here and you know if this happens uh you know it maybe if this works out maybe i could try it with satine but, you know, or maybe he just, you know, he feels guilty about what happened with him and Satine. And he just kind of thinks, well, I'm not going to, you know, ruin yeah. that for Well, this. I think it would be quite interesting to see if this is vividly conveyed in, in the Clovis arc at all. Because obviously that's going to touch upon the Anakin-Padme relationship. Uh, I wonder if Obi-Wan might be in that arc. So that would be quite interesting. But a good example of this is in episode three when Anakin is... Uh, 
playing what looks like to be a Game Boy Advance, I must say. But I don't know if you remember in that room when he's talking about <laughs> he's lost or oh, whatever. Yeah. But the first thing he goes and says is Obi-Wan was here, wasn't he? And then Padme says he came by this morning. Why on earth would Obi-Wan go to Padme to go and check up on Anakin? It's, it's, oh, yeah, I mean, it's obvious by that point he knows. But I, I just I have a feeling that he's always known for at least at least since episode two, if not a bit longer. Um, so it'd be... It would be it would be interesting to see if we could actually get a definitive answer, but I just don't know how we will be able to do it because obviously he doesn't tell Padme or Anakin <laughs> unless we just see him like somewhere in the background when they're having their kiss moment. <laughs> just see Obi Wan there, like <laughs> oh, I've got it. They're, they're together. Oh, like oh, that's a shock or something. A massive yeah. epiphany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like those pantomime things. He's behind you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And 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 I do think if I remember back to Celebration Six when, when Dave Filoni first talked about that Glovis arc that we'll be seeing in, in season six, I, I I think he kinda mentioned something along the lines of, of that we might get some hints at how much Obi Wan knows and doesn't know. So that'll be interesting to see uh when we get there on March seventh, which is like Less than two weeks away. At yes, time, what, a week yes. and a half away or something. Yeah, less than two weeks. We can have something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, another thing I, I want to bring up, this is just a bit of a question about this episode. And and, and this, I'll, I'll be, be upfront about this. It's not necessarily my favorite arc, so I may have been a little bit more critical of, of some things. But why does Rex take off his helmet? I mean, they know that the blue shadow virus has infected the area. Why does he take off his helmet? I mean, I, for the clones that already took off their helmet, sure, they're, they're, they're doomed. But we've seen clones go out in space mm. with their helmets on. Surely it can protect, pr- protect him from the blue shadow virus. I, I just had to say that. I just had to say that. Um, move on <laughs> right away because I, I don't want to dwell on that. Cause I already spent too much time ranting about, about JJB. And, and yeah um <laughs> um let's see we we go to iago which is a planet first mentioned in uh in phantom menace when anakin so cutely asks padme are you an angel or cringe oh cringy they come from the moons of iago i think um and so he so we we actually go to this planet and we see them there and he um he t- and I, I mean what what did you think of this i what did you think of Diego and 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 of actually seeing well, the angels that they're not just a myth well, the first <laughs> thing i want to know is why i thought Padme looked like one of those angels <laughs> <laughs> well i mean he'd never he'd never seen them they're the most beautiful creatures in the galaxy yeah oh, oh. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They're, they're just kind of glowing. Yeah, but if he really um, did see... When he looked at that, he probably thought, oh, God, why did I say that when I was 10 years old? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, so that's what an angel is. <laughs> yeah, can I have one of those ones now? Because my Padme's not looking good at all. <laughs> I'd yeah. like to upgrade. I'll have a angel this time. Upgrade the latest <laughs> model. Oh, man. But, um... Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Well, the thing is, they only they make well, they say what a couple of lines. I mean, the appearance of them looks quite neat, I have to say, but they don't seem to really do much. I, I, have, I have to be honest, and 
they, they've already lost their moon and they seem to be stranded on on Iago. But I mean, I thought the uh, Iago concept was yeah. very interesting. I quite liked uh, how there were different levels to the to the planet, which uh, again, uh, Filoni made a mention to in in the commentary that he really perceived Iago to be as close to him at that time as say the world of Jabba's palace. It was so diverse in terms in terms of the creatures that were there. In terms of it, also, well, we'll, come, we'll probably come on to Jabo Hood, so I won't touch upon it that much. But um, it, you know, you had these different almost levels to it. So you know, on the on the top surface, you have all like, this city, and then underneath, you got you know, not not metaphorically, but like a true underworld there with all these different plants and vines, and it really was quite quite an interesting planet, I have to say, and. I wouldn't mind going back there to be honest. I thought it was, it was, it would have been nice to see a bit, a bit more of it. To be honest, it seemed like there was so much diversity there in terms of the alien species and and just different levels. It, it, was, it was a really nice concept. I thought. What, what was your thoughts on the on the Iago planet and angels? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was interesting just to get to see it because it was one of those throwaway lines in the prequels, and everybody likes to, you know, ooh. Um, Han said, pull the ears off a of Gundark. What does a Gundark look like? And let's look at all these little throwaway lines from the original trilogy and expand on those, expand on those. And uh, It's great to see them do that with a with a nice little prequel trilogy line. And we actually got to see that planet. And, you know, if if you're not, if you hadn't seen Phantom Menace in a while or, or you know, if you were just watching The Clone Wars, uh, you wouldn't know that this was a reference to something else, but it was a, it was a nice reference to the hardcore fans and the and the and the fans of the prequel trilogy, which is which is great to see. Um, you mentioned him, Jabo Hood. Um, mm-hmm. I love this kid. <laughs> this kid was awesome. Um, he sounds a lot like uh, like Ezra mm-hmm. from Rebels, who mm-hmm. was revealed in a video this week. At least his voice does. And you know, you kind of kind of think that this, <laughs> you know, he, him and him and Ezra might have a few things in common. Had Ezra, you know, lived on Iago and, and not during the Empire, <laughs> but he, you know, just the fact he builds all these battle droids and he has all these you know spare parts lying around he's just kind of tinkering with everything and he programmed the droids <laughs> to fan him with a big leaf and play tropical music i mean what is not not to love about this kid he was oh no you're, you're completely right there i mean feloni said that he was supposed to emulate anakin as a kid but i thought this kid was a lot cooler than anakin when he was 10 years old I would rather yes. be friends with Jabo Hood, to be honest. And that was quite funny as well when uh, when they say that. I, I'm, I'm sure, I, I hope I'm right in this, that it's supposed to be like Jabalaha. So I, I'm, I'm assuming they heard that they're yeah. like, Jabo? So it could be Jabba, but it's, it wasn't. And, and, and it was quite a, a reference to the whole Jabba's palace. Sorry to put the interject there, but the whole Jabba's palace world aspect that his name sounds like Jabba and you've obviously got the music playing like you do in Jabba's palace. And so there was clearly a lot of references to that that you could take from this particular episode. So sorry, I jumped in there. Uh, are you going to say something? Yeah. No, no, I, I was just going to agree with you. <laughs> I didn't catch the whole, the J-Bo Jabba. It's, it's a, it's a it's a slight change, but it's it's enough that you might not catch it right away. I, at least I didn't. Well, so uh, you know, it's it's better than Master yeah. Anakin die. Uh, well, that, that, that's why that. I thought that um, and yeah. when Anakin and Obi Wan had that reaction, didn't they? They they looked 
not yeah they looked shocked and a little bit apprehensive about it. it was like oh jabo like that, that that he wouldn't have that if it was someone they didn't know and also if it was something like jabo you might might have that reaction to be honest so it was interesting but i i, I did like how he had all those defective droids as basically just you know made from spare parts and they're all doing his bidding yeah, exactly. Service. They're just like yeah. slaves, aren't they? Just do fan me. Where's my food? <laughs> what, what was it? One of the droids says, "Oh, that's our cue," <laughs> and they have to like, and then it's just like, oh, yeah. come on, what, what a kid for doing all of that. And he had so many of them as well. He must have spent a lot of time making those droids. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to bring up, at least, uh, is a line from from Captain Rex, and he says. When, when Padme is watching the clones suffer from the Blue Shadow virus, um, he says something along the lines of that, that they're doing what they mm. were born to. So they're essentially, it, it's, a, it's a very dark concept that they are born to be killed, um, you know, whether that's for the Republic or, or, or not for the Republic. So you can understand how when Order 66 is called, and again, we're going to learn some more about Order 66 in the coming episodes, um, how they would be able to you know, turn against the Jedi, why they would be able to, you know, if, if one or two of them needed some convincing, that could be one of those things. And, you know, it's almost as if they're, maybe they're, they're kind of programmed to, to have some resentment towards the, the Republic, towards the Jedi that, you know, they know that they're programmed to die and, but, you know, they still have to fight alongside these, these uh, the, the, the Jedi and, and, and all the other Republic people. So maybe when, Order 66 gets, gets called, it's just sort of an escalation of other things that, you know, it's just kind of the breaking order <laughs> that they have all this other programming to... Well, I think it's equally interesting when you look at how this affects Rex's character more than anything else, that at this stage he is thinking that that's what they were born to do, that's their role in the Clone Wars, yeah? I'm sure if you were to have put Season 4, Season 3... No, no, no. Yeah, see, say season four, Rex, up against that. I think his whole perception of the war would have altered substantially, to be honest, particularly with his uh, later interactions with Cut the Quain. And I really believe that the Rex that we'll see in the bonus content will be completely different to the Rex and his views at this point. I'm sure that in his mind that he would he would like to have a life away from this and he, he probably doesn't believe it now because he, he, he believes in the concept of brotherhood doesn't he, he, he so i think it's mm-hmm. i think it was quite an interesting line to come from rex more than anything else i can understand it if it was say uh, a cody or a, or a Bree, but when it was rex it was seemed a little bit out of character i, I don't know if you would agree with that yeah, yeah, it it does. It's you know, it's like you said, it's very season one Rex that you know he's still, you know he he's had one little bit of exposure to to alternate thinking from uh, Slick in uh, the Hidden Enemy, but other than that, he is really just you know he's he's very much you know team player, brotherhood, all that stuff, and then you know I think a combination of sort of Anakin's way of thinking and, and treating clones, plus like you said, cl- cut the clone. Let me say that again. Cut Laquane, and uh, you know his, and then what we'll see, wind up seeing on Abara and beyond. Whether we see anything in the bonus content or in other materials released about Rex in the future, um, it's one of those things you you kind of you gotta wonder. 
uh, if they, you know, about where Rex winds up, and and that's really the big story left, more so than even Darth Maul mm-hmm. or Ahsoka, I would say, really left open ended is Rex, and hopefully we get some of that explored in the bonus content. And like you said, he'll be he's changed so much um, over time that you know you may not notice it as the series is progressing, but you know looking back on it, you really see it. Because, like I said, that line does seem out of character for him now, knowing what we know and seeing all of his trials and tribulations. Yeah, I, I, that, that's that's precisely what I thought as well. It's just, uh, it's, it's it was a very interesting concept though. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be, I, I'm sure though he's going to turn up. At, well, we know he's going to turn up in the bonus content. I have a feeling he'll have quite a, uh, an essential role in the Order sixty six arc. Um, I, 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 yeah, exactly. I hope so. It, I think it'd be a missed opportunity if they weren't to explore his character further in these up, upcoming episodes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you know, we know that Fives. Not to get completely off into the bonus content, but we know that Fives is going to be the kind of the main character for the bonus content. And I think that's due in large part to to his mm-hmm. popularity over the years. But that kind of feels like a story where it should be Rex in the. In the yeah. main, main role, based, just based on sort of some of the descriptions that have come out, you know, the, the little previews that were translated <laughs> from German. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, um, uh, do you have anything else to bring up about Yeah, this I thought episode? I'd quickly touch upon on this droll, uh, not the actual concept of it, because droll, yeah. obviously it's not it's not real. <laughs> like, in terms of what they assumed it was going to be, some <laughs> mystical godlike force, which it wasn't. It was just separatist technology. But I, I thought more, looking at the actual separatist technology, do you or do you not think that looked a little bit like the laser from the Death Star? Oh, it, look, <laughs> it looks exactly like the laser from the Death Star. Uh, it looks like some, probably something the Geonosians cooked up for them, uh, since we know that they're the ones who designed the Death Star. So, yeah, it... it, it falls in line with everything we've seen before about you know different characters having role or different factions having a role in building the death star and that kind of that really feels like something that you know was an early concept uh you know for this and they thought well that looks good or that's an effective way of shooting a laser let's apply that i mean that's what i quite like about little little bits like that it's not really a, a major part of the story but it's there and you can almost see it as this preliminary before the actual Death Star is constructed. That They're almost testing it, aren't they? That oh, yeah. They're having these plans set up to see how effective a weapon this was going to be. And we, and we understand from seeing episode two that it seems like Count Dooku knows an awful lot because he's got the Death Star plans as well, hasn't he? So <laughs> if there was a technology from the Geonosians, as you said, it would make sense. But you just wonder, is this been disseminating across the galaxy at all how widespread is this use of the death star technology and 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 it does make you wonder how early that they started the actual construction of it because in episode three it looks like they got quite a way to go bearing in mind they say it's fully operational by episode four so that's about 10 15 year span uh, or 20 year span so you know it's quite that's quite a long time, but years, yeah. then you look at episode six and and it's nearly constructed. I don't know how long ago, you know, how far away that is, but you see where I'm coming <laughs> from there. So I, I I just imagine they must be. Oh, I don't know if there'd be more, but they they must once they built the first one. I, I I believe that they must have started building the second one. So they 
that they, they had plans for these and and it was interesting just to see and, and good to see even in season one that they are putting that into action because obviously this is the time for it this is when it's going to be put in put into practice going to be constructed it's not a plan anymore it's actually there yeah it's being yeah it's being they're exactly they're building it constructing it it's 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 close to it's it's close to empire you know and it's definitely an imperial technology i would label it as yeah absolutely 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 uh um uh but maybe just just one one more thing um oh actually no sorry two uh uh the first one what (laughs) okay okay three Okay, ten. Ten. I got ten more Just things. Just two. Right, the first one is, what did you make of the interrogation scene with Vindy and Anakin? What did that really convey to your mind about how char- how Anakin's character is evolving? Uh, it, you know, it's, it's definitely leading him down that sort of darker path, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where... You know, Obi Wan is probably watching that. Just go back to what we were talking about earlier and thinking, oh, thank God it's not me. He's got the secret wife. Um, You know, I've got no attachments. I don't have to. I can do this. Mm. uh, Yeah. No, I, I, I was. I definitely thought this was another good moment for Anakin's dark side to to show. I mean, I said that the Nuvo Vindi wasn't scared, but I think at the beginning he was startled more than anything else because he probably never saw a jedi do something like that before obviously we saw a soaker in in cloak of darkness but i don't think it was as menacing as that because you you could really which goes to show on the animations improved as well is you could really see the detail in his face he was really angry that he really had so much hatred and angst against nuvo vindi he wanted the information as fast as quickly as he could get it out of him and so there was really no messing around. He's got he's got the lightsaber at the throat. It was a little bit like would be emulated later in a Zygerian arc when he when he's got the lightsaber yeah. next to the head. Mm. I mean that yeah. that was quite. I think that was more brutal than this one, but um, it was it was still quite something to see even at the, this stage how how he's really getting pumped up and how these different aspects are affecting his character and becoming more and more dark. Yeah, um, all right. The second point I was going to make was the hologram of Ahsoka and Padme when uh, they're in the ship. We've, got, we've we've alluded to Anakin and Padme, but I just it's just really impactful scenes more than anything else. Is when you see Ahsoka, Padme there, they're clearly you know, dying because of this this virus. Um, do you really believe that Padme was going to go and say that she loved Anakin in front of? One as well, and Ahsoka. I mean, like, <laughs> quite a big thing, really. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that would be a, one of those things. It might have to be a, a secret between Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka if she did, because you know she was really at her her last moment. And but you know, Anakin might have been able to pass it off as you know, just kind of a well, she loved me, and I, you know, we we were just friends, and we were just friends. I swear, there's nothing going on, nothing going on. Um, Whereas, you know, he probably wouldn't have done that. He probably would have, you know, responded and then had some questions from Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. But I, I don't think that they would have gone to the council or anything with it. I think they would have, you know, kept it as a secret between them three. Kind of like, kind of like Mortis, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Because uh, I, I don't know if they necessarily yeah. told anybody about Mortis, which is something we'll, we'll probably get to when we get to those episodes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Whenever that is. Exactly, and that, that might be why we, we talked to 
about the trailer earlier when Obi-Wan's surprised that he, he hasn't told anyone else about this. So maybe that's <laughs> maybe it's because the Jedi, yeah, you know, when Yoda's in that like, medical room and everyone probably thinks he's gone crazy. Uh, maybe it's, you know, Obi-Wan <laughs> hasn't said anything, then that would give the impression, wouldn't it? Otherwise, that might be him in that medical chair or whatever. So, um, yeah, but. Yeah, well, I, re- I remember hearing, just not to go completely off on this tangent again, but I remember hearing Dave Filoni say a while back that there is a, a scene at some point where where the Mortis stuff gets referenced again. So maybe, maybe you know, Yoda will say, oh, I heard the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn, I did, yes, you know, and Obi-Wan will, will pop in there with his, and you know, we'll, or well, maybe not in public, but will go to Yoda privately and say, hey. This is what happened on this Mortis thing when Anakin, Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and I all passed out. Um, so that, that's, oh, yeah. that's a possibility well, there. It's definitely the the big one, I would argue, of the of the bonus content to look forward to. But so, sorry, we keep going on these tangents. Oh yeah, but it's, uh, it's just happened. That's why yeah. the trailer's <laughs> just been released. Um, but yeah, the uh, yeah that was, that was the main thing really. But we, we really touched upon the Anakin and Padme relationship. So I think. I think that's about it now. I haven't got another ten things, unfortunately, but uh, I think we'll have to st- we'll have to stick with the two, mate. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, let's uh, let's move on to uh, our favorite quotes from the episode. So I will let you go first. Uh, do you have a, a favorite quote or two from favorite from quote? Well, I've, I've definitely got one for the um, for the second one, the mystery of the thousand moons. Which I will just have to find. I tell you what, every time I do this, I'm looking. Now, I've got so many quotes here. Uh, I'm gonna have to say, yeah, let you go first because I, I need to scroll it through. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, my quote is from the first one. It's from uh, Blue Shadow Virus, and it's it's an Anakin and Obi Wan scene together, and uh, Anakin says. Uh, there's a good chance we're about to destroy all life on this planet, including the Senators. So yes, I'm on edge. Why aren't you? And uh, Obi-Wan replies with, I'm better at hiding it. <laughs> I just thought that was a great little bit of great little bit of banter between those two. It's always funny to have them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- those look strange. No, that's a good them. one. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go and say uh, Dr. Vindy line and not the yeah, 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 because we've already but uh, I like it when he's when the, the little rabbit droid gives him the droid it uh, gives him the bomb and then he says like this is the last of the bomb stops right I am well aware it's the last of the bombs do you think I lose count and then he gets really annoyed with the little rabbit droid uh, I know oh, I know I did feel bad droid. for him I have to say oh here's another good one actually an Obi Wan line again um, when they first um, depart their ship. When they they land on Mystery of a Thousand Moons and they see all of these droids, and Anakin starts slashing his way, and then he Obi Wan says, "Impressive! You just destroyed seventeen defenseless battle droids without suffering a scratch." And then Anakin goes yes. and replies, "Eighteen, actually." <laughs> yes, yes, I, I like that one as well. I will bring up another quote um, because it, it, it's not one that I I, I think of as you know as the funniest or or anything like that, but it's one. That, that kind of stuck with me throughout the the series ever since I saw that episode, and um, it's it's an Obi Wan line, and it's a little bit more of a, you know, it's 
one of those moments where we see, where we see Obi-Wan in kind of a, a teaching role to Anakin where he says, a uh, great leap forward often requires taking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two steps back. And I, I've always just thought that was a very, it was a very smart line. It feels very Obi-Wan to me. It feels, definitely feels like a, something I could, could mm-hmm. hear Sir Alec Guinness even saying. Uh, and it, it just felt like it was a very wise It's almost like a moral for that part of the story there, rather than just going in without thinking about Absolutely. your actions. So, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that. So that's a very good quote. Yeah. All right. So I think that is going to do it for this week. Kieran, final thoughts on this arc. And final thoughts on this arc. Well, all right, let's go with a score first. Score, I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10, which is probably the lowest I've given any of the arcs. But I I have to echo a lot of your sentiments there. I thought, I thought it wasn't the best arc. It's not usually the one that when I listen back to I or I watch back, I should say, that I necessarily look forward to the most. But I still think there's some good bits in there. I think we've touched up on the charger. We don't really want to go on that again. But we'll talk about the good bits then. I, I, I did enjoy the whole Anakin Padme uh, evolution in their relationship, really. And you can see how it's starting to affect Anakin in particular. And his, his character's really starting to develop a lot more. So I did quite like that aspect. There were some good, cool action scenes in there. And actually, one that, another quote that I remember that was quite good is when Ahsoka and Rex are fighting the battle droids and then, and then Obi-Wan just falls to the floor, well, drops to the floor on top of the destroyer droids and says, need a, need a hand. You know, it's just a very cool line there. So there were some great action <laughs> bits in this scene. Jabo Hood was another standout candidate, as you said animation music was very good as well i just think the plot was not necessarily the best it wasn't the most exciting i really believe that it could have been really sorted in one episode it didn't necessarily need to be a two-part arc but i can see why in terms of the anakin and padme relationship developing but yeah it was it was interesting arc it was not the worst arc that we've ever seen but at the same time i would argue it's not the best either so uh six out of ten what are your thoughts, Dominic? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to go with my score for, first as well. I got to give this one a five out of ten. I was, you know, it's one of those. It's definitely an arc that I, I don't really care for. I, I, you know, beyond just the Jar Jar stuff, I, I it felt more like, it just it didn't feel like the rest of the series. It felt a little bit out there i i like some of the ideas that are in there like the the crazy scientist and the you know chemical warfare taken to the extreme and all the stuff with with anakin and, and padme and, and obi-wan but some of the bits just felt a bit too random like they, they go to the planet mm. and the, the vines are attacking them and it just kind of it kind of felt a little bit too out there and there was some good action i will give it that but uh you know it just didn't really do it for me i, I gotta say I, unfortunately because i i hate to i, I really hate to, to be negative about the show it, like i said it's my favorite show for five years and I, I can't wait to see that bonus content i've been waiting all year for that and you know it just every now and again the show just didn't quite do it for me and, and this was one of those occasions uh so thank you everybody for listening you can find uh each and every episode of this show uh uh you can catch the new episodes of the show uh, every other Tuesday on StarWarsUnderworld.com or by subscribing to the Star Wars Underworld podcast uh, feed on iTunes. That's where you can also find my other show, the Star Wars Underworld podcast, which you can hear each and every week on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on Channel1138.com. That's where we discuss all things Star Wars, whether it's Rebels, Episode 7, Clone Wars, and much 
more, uh, you can find this show uh, by going to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Strikes Back. Be sure to like us there. Like I said, we get more downloads than we do Facebook likes. So please uh, like us there. You can follow us on Twitter at TCW Strikes Back. And you can email us whether it's your thoughts on these episodes or the ones we'll be discussing next time, which I believe is the famous Ryloth arc, which uh, I think we're all pretty excited about. Uh, you can send those, your thoughts on that to Clone Wars. Strike Just going to give a quick shout-out. Sorry to jump in there, Dominic, uh, to uh, my good friends on Expression FM for liking the page. Some people are liking the page, Dominic. I, uh, I, I'm glad to see that we've got, oh, we've got an extra 10 likes. So uh, Thank you, guys. And uh, quick shout-out, sorry, to Expression FM. Um, you can listen to that where I am sometimes based, sometimes appear on uh, www.expressionfm.info, Facebook page, Expression Sports page. Give us a like, listen in if you're interested in anything of that sports, particularly the Winter Olympics, which I know Dominic's very much interested in as well. So please give us a like and uh, I won't interject anymore. Thank you, Dominic. Yeah, yeah, no, go for it. Of course, I just, I'll have to add that to the notes so I don't forget it. Note so I don't forget again. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at dominicj25, and you can follow Kieran at cduggan6. Um, and then, yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. Uh, be sure, or next time, I should say. I always, I always mess that up. I always say next week. Um, uh, but uh, when we'll, be, like I said, we'll be discussing the Ryloth arc. And uh, in between shows, be sure to hit up StarWarsUnderworld.com for all the latest breaking Star Wars news, including the bonus content. Um, Like I said, the trailer is there, and who knows, maybe we'll get some more trailers and clips as we race towards the March 7th release date on Netflix for Season 6. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and may the Force be with you.